Hello, humans of the troposphere. We do welcome to the show where I ramble, mumble, use fillers, ask and enjoy conversations with great people that do cool things. Well, I taste from little rich and powerful nuggets of wisdom that their experience of the multiverse and their human condition express through the atoms surrounding them from their hearts to ours. Today, I'm inviting you to witness this little but mighty talk with my good friend, Abhi Rajguru. Abhi, he's a meditation and yoga teacher and leads social initiatives with special attention and kindness and mindfulness here in Melbourne, but also online. We spoke about mindfulness, his 12-month trip to Asia to find higher purpose and how we can find fulfillment during turbulent times, such as the current ones that we are facing right now. So I hope this podcast finds you well and uh, that you may also find what, you, what you're looking for, whether it's an entertainment, curiosity, meaning, love, or just an excuse to listen to a couple of dudes on the internet. Please enjoy my conversation with Abby. Kind regards. Thank you. So, Abby, I'm super, I'm super excited to, to be talking to you today because uh, yeah. we've been due for a catch-up for a while. Um, mm. And uh, you've always been a guy that uh, I can feel a lot of love from and someone that is very kind and... Uh, that's something that I, that energy that I always feel from you. So I'm happy to, to having this conversation with you today. Uh, pleasure is all mine, Pablo. I always felt the connection with you as well. From very beginning, you've always been such a caring, warm, loving human being. So yeah. I'm That's you, happy. man. That's karma. <laughs> 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 That's you. <laughs> okay. So um, we don't have much time today, but... Um, I am super intrigued and about what you did this last year that you took 12 months off work and you went mm-hmm. out and you went on, correct me if I'm wrong, but you went on a, um, on a quest f- to, to find um, mindfulness and find a lot of stuff that you wanted to find. So I think it's best if you, if you tell, tell us about, a bit about it, because I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, I went on a 12-month spiritual journey around Asia in the quest for, uh, you know, finding impact, inner peace, fulfillment, finding my purpose, figuring out what do I want to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I spent uh, eight months in uh, Buddhist monasteries in Myanmar, where half of it was in meditation monasteries where you know lived with monks and nuns and you know meditating all day it was really beautiful especially my meditation teacher he went from being depressed businessman to uh, an enlightened buddhist monk he's such an amazing uh, meditation master so uh, living there i was really able to go into some good depth of you know mindfulness understanding the mind gaining some wisdom that simple, practical, yet profound approach 
that was such transformational. It really fundamentally changed how I view the world and, you know, what I think is reality and, you know, how to find meaning in life, all those good things. So then do, you, also, do you think that you found what you were looking for? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, that uh, throughout these 12 months, I found different things at different, different places. Uh, but yeah, this was probably the first place where I found a lot of things and then sort of few other places along the way. And uh, do you want me to continue? Always. Ah. So uh, in Myanmar, it was this place and second place in Myanmar was really cool. It's like Mother Teresa style um, with this uh, helping center where they run a charity hospital. So there's a bunch of international uh, people yeah where we spend two-thirds of the time volunteering and looking after these really sick patients in the charity hospital and uh, one third of the time um, meditating so it's combining doing good karma helping poor people and you know practicing spirituality at the same time so there i was yeah helping out some people and also teaching meditation to a bunch of international volunteers so that was a total of eight months in these two Buddhist places in Myanmar, in the monastery type of environment. Then I uh, went to uh, India. I went to a Tantra ashram and stayed there for a couple of months. It was also such a powerful, such healing experience. And I mean, Tantra is so misunderstood in the Western world. Yes. Yeah, the only yeah, the yeah. only thing that I've heard about tantra, it's just in a in a sexual way, that, that, that that's that's what it's synonymous to me. But I, I I'm I've read and it's way more than that. Absolutely, I mean, sure, magical sex is one small part of it, but it really is about connecting with our inner energy, mastering our inner energy, and kind of connecting with the divine, connecting with the universe. And that pleasure is actually so much higher than even sexual pleasure. Wow. And yeah, it, it's really cool to actually be able to, uh, you know, feel that, you know, like, oh, wow, this is uh, unreal. So how do you feel it? Because when we experience sex, we uh -huh. experience it from a, a hormonal point of view uh, in which we are, yeah, our brain just secretes all these hormones that make us feel super good and we feel this big love for a partner uh, but in this case that you say that it's more than that so do you experience it in a way that it's more quote-unquote spiritual do you like hallucinate or something like that not quite it's actually very simple it's actually very physical feeling also so um, there are a bunch of tantra meditations that uh, we can do uh, Osho designed some of those uh, meditations as well. And uh, some of them I teach too. They're very simple. So it's kind of like as we are dancing, you know, similar bunch of practices that we do. They start off really well. They help us, you know, release some of our blocked emotions, etc., etc. But um, that's how we start connecting with our inner energy. And this is actually a very physical experience. So this is not about feeling as such or nothing spiritual as such. It's literally like as you're doing it or some, sometimes without even formally doing it, you just feel like vibrations in your body. So it's a very physical sensation. Nice. 
So uh, even that can be done with a partner or even without a partner. Right. And that, yeah, that's why it's, you can call it spiritual, but uh, also it's so physical, so practical, so achievable kind of thing. Right. So do you think that it's because you've, or people that practice this have been able to connect your vessel of your spirit, you know, like your body to, to your spirit. Yeah. Like to, to, to be able to be connected and grounded instead of living or, or seeing yourself as just one thing and not the other. Yeah, look, um, all things you're talking about make sense, but to be honest, for me, it was not complicated at all. It was just simply, you just do the practice. And this is where I really like some of the Buddha's words. He said, you know, never believe in anything I say, just practice and find out for yourself. So uh, even in Tantra sense, and actually I'm not a Tantra expert, but uh, from my little experience, uh, what I found by doing those practices, there was literally, it was very simple. It was just me connecting with my inner energy and, you know, movement of my, of the inner energy in my body. It was just simple as that. Yeah. I mean, I can mystify it to, you know, make it sound a bit more, you know, mysterious and stuff, but I like to keep things simple. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah especially, simple. especially if you're connecting so much with Westerners, you know, that Absolutely. it has a lot to do with, it's a very different cultural beginning. But, um, exactly right. So I think Basically, you need to do the connection. Exactly right. And um, you really touch the point. So for example, when we have sex, you know, it's, the chemicals, hormones, the, it's basically it's energy yeah. inside. It's just basically same energy and uh, that energy can be utilized and channeled in a different way. So if you're familiar with the idea of chakras, for example, sexual energy comes from the bottom chakra, you know, root chakra or our sex center. Whereas with some of the tantra, you know, you basically move that energy to higher chakras. Okay. And it just becomes so much more blissful. And I mean, it can be very much practiced with a partner, but without even necessarily the penetration. And you just still feel like, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Like uh, last night I uh, was uh, with someone and yeah, we were like experimenting something and yeah, it was like physical. Forget about the spiritual element. Of course, spiritual element is there and it's beautiful. But even at physical level, it was so beautiful, so pleasurable. Wow. So um, so you spent this 12 months away from Melbourne. So I, I just, I'm just curious about, so you're living your normal life here, right? You, you were kind of into yoga and meditation before you left. You were super into that. You've always been very, very into uh, those kind of practices. But then like you're, you're having your normal job. And then you decide that 12 months is, is a time that you're going to take away and you're going to find impact and you're going to find yourself uh, and, and, and all that. So what, what motivated you to be like, all right, you know what, I'm going to go to Myanmar and that's how I'm going to find it. Why that instead of, I don't know, get high on all the drugs you can get or uh, eating all your favorite foods or just doing other type of things? Why that? Sure. Very good question. So um, the three things I was looking for, let's say it's, you know, that 
impact, inner peace, and uh, fulfillment. And I was drawn to Buddha's teachings. And I felt, you know, I've definitely been a spiritual person as well. And I love things that are also practical. Um, and I also love the idea of like, oh, how can we find the highest level of happiness? Maybe it's through enlightenment. So yeah, Buddha's teachings were ticking so many boxes in so many different areas. I felt that's where I would like to start. And Myanmar is definitely the place where uh, Buddha's teachings, especially if we talk in terms of the actual practices, meditation practices, Myanmar is definitely the place where these teachings have been really well preserved in a very authentic form. It's not commercial at all. Uh, money is not really involved much. You know, you can go and stay in this beautiful uh, Buddhist meditation centers and there is no fee that you have to pay as such apart from just donations. Um, yeah, so that's why um, it was a beautiful place to receive the authentic teachings, staying with monks and nuns and really sort of being able to deep dive into spirituality, into meditation, into Buddha's teachings there. That's why I went there. Nice. So um, we were talking before and you said that you thought that um, you can um, find, I was it, I think, fulfillment through meditation or happiness through meditation. Um, why do you think oh, that? Yeah, good question. So there are two things, actually. One, uh, finding happiness through meditation. Because uh, how do we find happiness? You know, happiness, again, it's just the release of chemicals, you know, one type of energy in the body. We usually think, you know, if we do X activity, Y activity, you know, it could be, oh, if I see my friends or eat good food or go out like dancing, go to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> all of those things, uh, they produce those chemicals inside uh, that feel you, make you feel happy. With meditation, it was really interesting. And actually, if I think about most of those activities, one common thing is when in all of those scenarios, my mind was not really thinking about random things. I was really present. And that's what created happiness is yeah. by being present. You know, if I'm with friends or if I'm dancing, if I'm eating good food. So I'm like, oh, yeah. actually it's about being able to stay really present and that feel really alive. So through meditation, at the first level, it was... Yeah, just I started to be so much more aware throughout, so much more present throughout. So very simple things in life, you know, such as walking suddenly became yeah. joyful or even, you know, just looking at a tree, you know, it's like, huh, there's such a sense of aliveness uh, without doing anything special. So uh, that was really cool. And uh, if I was to, I would probably would, don't have time to go into too much of spiritual depth. But at second level of um, meditation, when we go in some depth, my goodness, you can feel such orgasmic bliss, like physical happiness. And you lose a, you lose time. Like I remember uh, once I was in this, with this monastery in Myanmar, and it's like, boom, like three hours and something just went past. And you're just lost you know in ecstasy and you just feel such deep level of physical happiness so um, yeah that comes at second level yeah uh, that's how uh, meditation and happiness second thing you said is quite interesting um 
the fulfillment. <clears throat> With fulfillment, you know, it's always about finding purpose. We all discuss, oh, I want to find my purpose. Yeah. I want to, you know, find out what I want to do. But through my journey, I found out some of the teachings that, hmm, all of that is actually external purpose. So uh, many of us spend so long to find our external purpose, but what is really like stuffed up thing is most people I met that found their purpose, after some time, they were still unfulfilled again. And I'm like, oh shit. And actually same thing happened with me. I got some amazing opportunities, you know, to help patients in Myanmar in this with this charity hospital some of them were literally dying and you know I was still able to do some laughter sessions with them make them smile a little bit or was able to help some international volunteers there you know with meditation finding some inner peace and all that or even in India being able to fundraise for the poor in the slums we managed to raise like five thousand dollars or so oh and I've been teaching meditation online for a couple of months getting some amazing feedback there. But all those things, a few years ago, this would have been my dream. And I thought, okay, this will be my purpose and my fulfillment. But in the end, what I found out that once I got all of that, the mind still wanted the next thing, you know, now I want to become, you know, next Jay Shetty or whatever. So uh, what I realized, it's all about inner purpose because it's not about what we want to do what we want to achieve, what impact we want to have, it's how we want to feel as a result of that. And in my mind, it's two things we want to feel as the end result. One, feel loved. And two, feel complete. So I was like, ah, this is what it's about. This is the inner purpose and this is what gives us lasting fulfillment. Then why run around and spend you know, one year or five years to figure out the external purpose. Why don't we straight away go to the inner purpose? What will truly fulfill us is by realizing it's, I just want to be loved and I want to feel complete and do things that would yeah. achieve, help achieve that. And that can only happen either right now or never. It's not something that will happen in future that you will feel loved once you do that or you feel complete once you do that. It's either we feel loved and we feel complete right now. Interesting, yeah. I feel like, well, I think that quarantine has been an, an amazing teacher. Like this uh, pandemic time has been an opportunity that's been immense. Uh, I, not only for me, I feel that for a lot of people, just the basic uh, happening of stop and don't don't leave your house and have to confront your housemates and your dynamics and have to confront your own self and your own, um, uh, I don't know, how, how, how actually you'd never make your bed or how undisciplined you are, how you don't cook enough and what you cook is actually shit for your body. And, you know, like being able to witness all of these things about your own self and having this time, for me, it's a privilege. And mm -hmm. I've been able to, to, 
to think and as i was telling you before like i've been able to meditate and for me not necessarily i've been, I've been meditating in 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 the way of uh like focusing on my breath or uh on my body and and love and kindness meditation but um uh it i also feel like i'm meditating when i go for walks and i'm just listening to music and i'm just concentrated on on that i'm just focusing on that and i just feel immense gratitude and, or when I'm listening to someone speak and, and or when I'm having these conversations, for example, some of my favorite moments during this en entire time of quarantine is, has been these conversations I've been having with, with all of you, my friends, and also my walks. Like I'm loving walking and, and just like learning from that and being able to witness how the leaves have been falling uh, and changing and morphing and when it rains, you know, and how that blesses the, the, the earth and new things grow and how the dogs are happy when they're walking, you know, like those kind of things. And I think that those little simple pleasures that you can give yourself of just witnessing and being, like you say, present, it just takes a big, big weight off your life backpack you know and it sure. just allows you to be you know this is more simple than you than you, than you think and just yeah. listen so for me it's been that and, and i feel like in this quest that i am that i want to find out what i want to do with my life i think it has to do a lot with who i want to be you know exactly exactly yeah so I, and what I want to become, and, and I've been focusing on different things. Like I want to do, I do, I want to do everything through an eye of kindness. Uh, I want to um, be more compassionate and I want to be more giving. Those are things that I want to, that I want to do. So for me, it, it, it has to do a lot with that as well, more than what I feel or how I feel. And, and, and the end result for me is that I feel amazing. I feel very calm and at peace. And, and even through, and, and I don't know if I told you, but I, even though I had like surgery th three weeks ago and I can't dance because I'm not allowed to, my doctor doesn't allow me. Oh, yeah. Like I can yeah. see, I, I, I'm still thankful for the opportunity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to dance, man. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, right. But look, it's really good to hear about, you know, what, how you've been practicing meditation and awareness in a daily situation. Because in the end, really, all the activities that we do, you know, this is my opinion on it, you know, dancing, whatever else, in the end, you know, we want to feel a certain way. Yeah. In the end, certain chemicals get produced in the body that make us feel good. But actually, we can easily hack our system. Yeah. Because uh, it's just working out, okay, in the end, these are the chemicals that pro get produced. One way of producing it, of course, is by going out in nature or being able to go out and dance. But I think if we learn to hack our system a little bit, then with some practice, we can actually produce those type of uh, chemicals kind of on demand. Like within 10 minutes, we can actually produce them. So Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, well, there's something we forgot to do or I forgot to do is that I always start these conversations with us. Um, saying what we're thankful for today. So we need to do that now, right now. For sure. Would you like to start or should I start? I would love for you to start, please. What I'm thankful for today is uh, 
such an opportunity. Um, I got uh, this really beautiful feedback uh, from uh, one of my uh, students. She comes to my uh, mindfulness courses. Uh, she's a physiotherapist and she's also a Buddhist herself. And uh, it was such beautiful feedback I got from her about uh, my mindfulness course that she did for 28 days and then she still continues on now. And also a mind-body connection. So uh, yeah, that was so beautiful, so heartwarming. So yeah, that's something I'm grateful for today. Nice, nice, good job. So how how's that how how's that twenty eight day course? How does it work? Sure. So uh, in the twenty eight days, uh, we do it in small groups of four people. So the idea is, you know, a teacher myself uh, leads the course, and uh, the idea is to be able to go into the depths of mindfulness. Because, you know, we already have plenty of free apps and, you know, a bunch of courses where we can get some basic mindfulness. But how do we actually go deeper and actually, you know, transform our life? So uh, in a small group, uh, we do one live weekly session, uh, an hour and a half with four of us together. And then uh, everyone gets practice for the week. Uh, so 20 minute practice, uh, self-practice that everyone would do. And then everyone gets uh, a body allocated as well to keep them accountable. And um, they get guided video, etc. cetera. And uh, yeah, and that's the journey we go on for 28 days. And the approach we take is we combine mindfulness plus some of the Buddha's wisdom, the practical wisdom. Um, so those two things combined. So it becomes much more like an, it's not a, another mindfulness workshop, another mindfulness course. This really becomes an inner adventure. And that's primarily influenced by the teachings from those Buddhist monasteries in Myanmar. So uh, yeah, a nice little community together uh, moving into that mindfulness world, the inner adventure world to find our inner peace. Nice. So what would you say, how would you define mindfulness and how do you think that it helps people? Why do you think it's important for someone to be mind, do mindfulness? Absolutely. So a uh, few definitions of mindfulness are on, but the definition I like is mindfulness is moment to moment awareness of what is happening right now. Yeah. And non-judgmental, non-reactive attitude to look at it. So, in other words, awareness and acceptance, moment to moment. Yeah. That's mindfulness at the basic level. Um, if you want to go deeper, then the third level comes, which is the wisdom level, but we won't talk too much about that. But awareness, acceptance, and wisdom. Why I feel it's really important? First, with awareness, uh, you know, it's if we are walking in the path of life, at least for me, without mindfulness, you know, it's like me in autopilot, I'm walking in dark. And then, you know, there might be holes on the road as I'm walking on the path and I might fall down. Whereas with mindfulness, it's uh, like a torchlight I have. As I practice, I have this torchlight which gets bigger and bigger. So I can actually see all my path, my life path very clearly. I know where to step and I don't fall in the holes. I don't hurt myself. And I can just live 
such a happier life. And uh, as we were briefly discussing before, just simply by being aware, by being mindful, everything around me, all simple things become so joyful. Mm. And with the second idea of non-judgment or acceptance, you know, in the Western world, we are so used to of wanting to control everything that, oh, this is how it should be. This is how I want it. Oh, but why yeah. this way, why that way? So in our style of practice, we don't have any specific outcome. We don't even try to focus just on the breath, for example. So taking such an open attitude. So I think that really helps in the idea of, you know, wanting to let go everything. What's I wanting to control everything, being able to just let go. Yeah. So, yeah. That really uh, brings about the uh, yeah inner peace. Yeah, and I think that the, the non-reactive part is also very important, and something that for us Westerners is super hard to to actually be aware that we do that we react to everything, and that we are we have conditioned ourselves for years and years, or uh, to just have the have the habit of just react in a complaining way or in a way that it's ang angry or in a way that is just sad or depressed. I think that a lot of the things that how people feel now is, has to do with how they've conditioned themselves and how they've practiced their own type of thing. And that's the thing as well with all these Buddhist teachings, for example, that I really, that I really like is that it's always focused on practice and it's called a practice because it's not just one thing that you do once and it's done. It's just something that you actually are being paying attention to and you're paying attention to your reaction. And for me, it has to do a lot with, for example, how we experience cold, you know, like when we go outside, we, we immediately try to like tense our bodies and like, oh, it's cold and start complaining about how it's not warm and just think of, oh, this is shit. But, in, yeah. but actually, when if you, if you allow yourself to relax and breathe in, you actually don't feel as cold. That's my personal thinking. But for me, that's just an example of, of how, to, how we are super conditioned to react to everything. Absolutely. And I think with mindfulness, uh, what really happens, usually we are so conditioned and a stimulus comes, and there is a response. Yeah. You know, there is no, with mindfulness, we start to create the space. So instead of the automatic reaction, we can respond. And even I love the example you use about how we feel cold. I think third step of mindfulness, which is where the real magic happens, is the wisdom element. And I think in wisdom element, this is where we really start to understand what is real you know, or what is permanent, uh, the feeling, even the feeling of being cold. So this aspect is so powerful, or even at a basic level of wisdom, we usually think whatever our mind thinks, we believe it. Whereas the style of mindfulness I practice, it's called mindfulness of the mind itself, or let's call it mindfulness of thoughts to keep it really simple. It's so powerful because we really, instead of believing all the thoughts that the mind generates, we really start to question the thoughts. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, so many of my problems are solved. Yeah. And also whatever I think is real, you know, oh, this is me or this is my self-image. Any problem we can address it at two levels or even within Buddhist traditions. Self-image, et cetera, et cetera. We can either address it from the compassion point of view. Say, oh, you know, I accept myself or I accept other person. Um, which is also a really good thing, mm. but it's a 
problem we are addressing at this same level of surface. But with wisdom, you, you, you really understand what is myself, what is real. And so if I was to say this might be too deep or too spiritual maybe, but in simple words, if we think, oh, this body or this image that I've created is actually me. But what if the real you is, let's say, the soul? Then it wouldn't even matter what somebody said about you. Because the real you, if it was soul, let's say, then it's actually not impacted at all by whatever anything say anyone says or if we lose a job or we don't have a girlfriend or boyfriend anymore but basic idea is uh, understanding what is the truth and it wisdom somehow helps us transcend the problem altogether rather than addressing it at the surface level okay. yeah, that's it's a long-term destination but if we just simply start with awareness and acceptance life is so beautifully transformed already I know, right? Like from the moment that you allow yourself to be thankful for the simple things, for the things that you take for granted, and that, you, and that you, even if you just allow yourself to witness that, I think life changes immediately. And then from that point on, when you allow yourself to, to be patient with your own self and to experience your present without overstressing about the future or, or even the past and, and, and wondering what you could have done different, Life changes so much for the better, um, and especially during these times in which uh, we have probably the most weird situation we've all faced as a community, as, as a world community, as earthlings, you know, that it's a microscopical entity that we call a virus is just transforming our lives and 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 just not allowing us to do all the things that we do for our hedonistic pleasures you know so i think that what what, what is it that you you think people should focus on right now especially people that are now in melbourne that we're back into quarantine today what do you think people should be focusing especially if they're feeling stressed or anxious scared about what's going on uh, or straight up frustrated with with this thing again yeah absolutely i feel a couple of things will really help is uh joining some type of community finding some purpose mm. because uh in this situation of course you know it, it's a difficult situation for all of us but finding a like-minded community you know com a community that's even for me community that's based on kindness and maybe kindness compassion mindfulness but whatever it is for everyone else you find a community and you pick a practice it can be any practice physical practice mental practice uh, it can be you know doing some group exercise together on a zoom call or dancing together on an online call or for me you know meditating together that really sort of helps me look after my physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. Even if you're not spiritual, just even think about physical, mental, and emotional well-being. So I feel, yeah, if you're part of a greater good, you're part of a community, and you're looking after your physical, mental, and emotional health, um, then I think it will actually be worthwhile. And second thing, if we can try to practice acceptance, you know, let go. 
let go of the idea that we always have to have control over situation. Yeah. You know, we assume that, uh, you know, oh, I need to know this. I need to be able to do everything. It's like, oh, sometimes we actually have no control. So we just simply, you know, let the universe handle it. We sit back and we just focus on what we can do right now. So just one step, one present step, we just focus on that and try to be kind to others. That's it. Yeah. I think that one of the simplest things that we all can do is just acknowledge the emotion that we have, that we're, that we're feeling in the moment. Not even like try to focus it on the right way, but just the, the fact that you can recognize the emotions that you have, I think it would go a long way. Exactly, yeah. Um, my friend, um, I, I think that you're an awesome guy and you always have this nice energy that emanates from you. And I'm, 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 I'm having such a pleasure to, to be talking to you during this time. I know we wanted to meet up, but we couldn't. But uh, I just thank you so much for the time. Thank you for, for, for sharing what you've been experiencing. And I think we should do this again in a longer time because I think we have a lot of things to talk about. I know, that'll be great. It's so nice to see you. You know, you're always a beautiful human. So I'm really glad that we managed to at least catch up. Ah, oh, man, that's a nice compliment. Thank you, bro. <laughs> um yeah man uh for sure we have to do it again and um where can people find you if they want to look look you up on social media on the interweb sure so two ways you can find me uh, one is through my meditation teaching page it is called rajguru meditation my last name is rajguru r-a-j-g-u-r-u rajguru yeah. meditation facebook or I also have a community group for anybody uh, that likes to do good karma, connect with people. It's called Good Karma Social. Nice. That's on Facebook, yeah? That's a Facebook group. Three words, Good Karma Social. And we do a bunch of activities there, uh, mental well-being uh, groups weekly. We're starting a kindness challenge soon. This 28-day mindfulness program is starting. And there's things like sleep meditation, emotional release meditation, and laughter meditation every week through Rajguru meditation and our community activities through Good Karma Social. So these two ways people can find us easy. Nice. Are you on Instagram at all? Yes. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, not a huge user, but you can find me smiling.yogi. Hey, you gotta you gotta get on the gram, bro. You gotta use it more. I yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you got to do it. Facebook, know, people aren't using Facebook that much anymore. True that, true that. So you know what you got to do? You know what you should do? You should do TikTok. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, you got you to gotta upload some videos there. True. Okay, yeah. why not? I'll explore it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, thank you so much. Um, Thanks very much, Alok. It was so good to see you. You too, bro. Yeah, take care. I'm gonna and friends to finish it off I forgot to tell you what I'm uh, thankful for on the episode and I'm gonna tell you now and I'm actually very thankful for you for you that are listening right now for your messages of support and uh, just taking the time your time to listen to 
an unqualified, curious motherfucker like me. So thank you so much for just doing that. It means uh, a lot to me and it does uh, make me feel good inside. So thank you for that, guys. I appreciate it so much. And um, I hope um, that um, this is also, is also something that helps you as much as it's helping me with all the questions I have within my head. Thank you, guys. And have a beautiful, beautiful week. See you next week. Or you listen to me next week, I guess. <laughs> Love you. Bye.